Hello, hello, hello. This is Coffee Conversations with Father David. And I'm Deacon Bob in the rain and thunder. Yep, the rain has stopped. Uh, we just we just made it in <laughs> outside. Uh, I know a bunch of branches were down this morning. Did you have to clean up any branches from your backyard? No, but there was a big one on Route 84. I'm glad we didn't have to drive when this branch came down because it oh, yeah. had to be eight inches in diameter. And it just had Whoa. it stacked up on the side of the road. Oh, crazy. It's like... Glad I missed that one, or it missed me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, every time I'm uh, out, either outside um, before a storm, or I'm driving the car, or on my bike, or something, I love to play Riders on the Storm by <laughs> by, by the Doors. <laughs> it's playing in my head every time. I'll tell you what; it was definitely Riders on the Storm last night. Where were you when the storm hit? Uh, I was actually driving south. Oh, to Akron. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was going down to 84 when the when the, when the storm clouds passed by. So oh, we were here and we had a meeting and the lights blinked. And I thought, oh, this will be a fun night. Womp, womp. But they all came back on, so yeah. that's good. There you go. So, so Deacon, what, uh, what, um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? You know what? I've been trying. I guess I'm becoming an old guy. I've been just doing peanut butter and jelly on something, either on bread. Or oh yeah, on PBJ. Belgian waffles, frozen Ooh. Belgian waffles. Ego. No, I'm not sure who makes them, but they're Lego, really, really good. Yeah, they're they're bigger than Eggos are like little thin ones. For These sure. are fluffy and big. And <laughs> some real, some real waffles. What about you? Um, yeah, so I had the I had the breakfast of champions uh, this morning. Uh, apple pie. Oh, you know what? That was my other option. But yeah. I've been trying to be healthy, <laughs> but I used to do apple pie all the time. It's yeah. got fruit. It's got it's fruit, you know, like fruit, um, bread, flowery stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get you know, most of your thing. You have a glass of milk and a good and cup of coffee. You know, there you go. Yeah, it's about everything. It's you need. fruit. <laughs> so I I didn't warm it up, um, but yes, it was definitely a good way to start uh, no. the day today. There was only one left. Oh, there's some thunder. No ice cream. Um, no. No. <laughs> I suppose you could have done that to get your yeah, dairy. The the dairy part in. Yeah. Um, is apple pie your favorite pie? It is. We also had like peach pie next to it because we had a party. I'm not a big peach pie fan. No. Are you? Uh, yeah, it's good. I went peach I w- cobbler. I can do, but I'm yeah. not so big on pie. Yeah, I love the difference between like cobbler pie and crumble. And oh, crumble. Like what? What else? Like it's all the same thing. Basically. Yeah, it's just how much sugar is on top of it. Right. Or... Like what? What arrangement is this in? <laughs> It's like every nationality has their pierogies. It's true. You know, it's like, you know, the Polish have the pierogies. Um, Ita- you know, ravioli is basically a, a, Italian pierogies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pot stickers, Asian pierogies. <laughs> They're all pierogies at the end of the day. Yep. <laughs> and the Polish will claim, uh, or the Ukrainians will claim, they came up with it. For sure. So, For which sure. they did. So. <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll claim the Polish um, background, being that's part of my... Part of my heritage. Good. Hungarian, Slovak, and Polish. Yeah. What, what are What are you? We're a little bit of everything. Um, my grandpa was Croatian. My grandma was Ukrainian. So that Eastern European mm. um, flavor is all there. All the things. A lot of garlic. Did you ever go to Sokolowski's? Yes. I heard they closed. I know. Sad. Yeah. I went there one time. We took a bus trip. We took a tour of all the churches in Cleveland. Not yeah. all of them, but quite a few of them. Right. And we ended up there. 
What a great place. It was just yes. this giant cafeteria style of... Yeah, good Catholic family. There's like John Paul. <laughs> John Paul II was up everywhere. Was happy. <laughs> all, all, these, all these very Catholic things. It was kind of like a cafeteria style restaurant. Uh, you just you just go by, grab all your stuff, and you know there's some some old ladies in the back have been making stuff for just forever. Forever. And, but yes, so for all of our Clevelanders, it is sad that Sokolowski's, the great ethnic restaurant, has has closed. But um, hey, hopefully somebody else will pick up the torch and carry it to the next Polish cafeteria festival. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yes, food, food is always good. Um, yeah, so today we want to talk, uh, we want to circle back a little bit to the conversation we had last week. Um, so we, last week we talked about prayer uh, and Lexio Divina. So uh, uh, Lexio Divina means divine reading. And uh, as Catholics, uh, we can pray in all kinds of ways, but praying with the scriptures uh, is, can be really good and important. Uh, obviously, Word of God, not just a collection of stories. Uh, but but God's speaking to us, and we can have a relationship with God um, through the scriptures. And so Lexio Divina would be this process of, of taking a, a scripture passage, a story, and uh, really sitting with it, reading over it a number of times, kind of slowly, and then eventually kind of noticing, like, is okay, is a word pop- popping out to me? Is uh, a character in the story popping out to me? Am I having a certain memory or thought associated with the, this story and kind of paying attention to those things um, because God can speak and then uh, and then responding to what God maybe is speaking to you through this passage so we had the we had the prayer dare so mm-hmm. um, you remember what the prayer the prayer dare was yeah I thought there was a really good acronym it was pray daily and ask God and then respond mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. and then expect God to answer I think the important part is when you ask, make sure you ask what's God's will in the situation mm-hmm. and expect God to answer it in the best way that's for everybody. For so sure. like when my four-year-old grandson or granddaughter comes up and says, can I have this, you know, and we give them something else that's healthier for them, mm-hmm. uh, they may not always be happy, mm-hmm. but it's always what's best for them. And I think that's the way it is with prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, hearing God uh, in prayer—it's a kind of a big but mysterious kind of kind of topic. What would you say? Um, what what is what is hearing God in prayer? What does that what does that mean to you? Maybe through your life and through your experience, you know, being a deacon and being Christian. What, what would you say if someone asked you what does it mean to hear God in prayer? Well, my son was in this show called Altar Boys. Mm-hmm. And they have this song that is called Jesus Called Me on My Cell Phone. He texted Mm. me, you know, and it was kind of like the spoof on prayer that that these guys had been the divine, you know, and God answered in this big way. For me, I think it's more like the story of, I think it's Elijah in 1 Kings, where he's getting beat up by all these kings and, and as a prophet, he runs away to the to the cave and he just waits for God and things are he there's thunder like there is today and God wasn't in the thunder and there's a huge wind like there was last night and right. God wasn't in the wind right but there was a tiny whispering breeze that went through right and Elijah saw God in that moment you know that sometimes we expect God 
to be there in the big fireworks or a thunder right. or a lightning. And for me, I've always found God speaks in very soft and quiet ways, sometimes in big, um, unique ways that, that are in our face. But for the most part, I think God leads us gently mm-hmm. to whatever that answer is. For sure. Yeah, I mean, so to say, to say simply, as Christians, we don't believe uh, in a God that's distant, um, just very, very simply. Mm-hmm. That God didn't, uh, so there's this thought called deism. So deism was this kind of um, thought that, you know, God kind of created everything and, you know, all was good, but then kind of just stepped back and kind of let his creation kind of do stuff. And so God is, uh, God is the creator, but he's not really kind of connected with anything. Um, that's not really a Christian thought. So a Christian thought would be that like God created everything, but it also is very intimately involved um, with everything, whether that's sustaining creation and keeping you know the universe and the world moving and alive and being a part of um, his creatures' lives. That's, I think that's the whole incarnation. Right. You know, that God became man. Right. Um, and even descended into the pits of our suffering in in hell right and freed those people that couldn't get into heaven mm. um, that God is is immersed in everything we do yeah. everything is not God but God's immersed in everything right that we experience right right so first point God is not distant God is close uh, and it's because he's chosen to uh, to do so and he desires it but God has not only desired to come close to us He's also given us the ability to perceive him, to to know that he is close and real, uh, and actually have a, a real and living relationship with him. So we have senses as human beings. That's kind of what makes us, uh, in a certain sense, uh, uh, alive and be able to, being able to experience the world. So we have physical senses, right? So taste, touch, uh, hearing, smelling. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Any other sense? Was that five? Yeah. <laughs> ah, so, so those ways. Uh, but then we also have a spiritual sense, which is kind of related to our physical senses, um, but it's not exclusively by it. So, so to say, like, we as human beings, we create art, we create music, um, all kinds of things, and and we also receive things from uh, from those things. Like, so. You have a, a, a piece of art or a song, and you're just you, you have a, you're going through a certain kind of day. You know, things have happened. You've had conversations with people, and something just speaks to you for some reason. Did you ever do that? You're driving in the car, and you're thinking about something or praying about something, and a song comes on the radio at the right time. And yeah. You know, wow. Thanks, God. I really needed to hear that song at this time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Nothing off the top of my head, but yeah, I know definitely. Like I, music is one of the ways um, I just I love I love most about reality, most about living. But yeah, there, I know there have been many times when I've been um, spoken to through a song or, or something like that. Well, and I think artists uh, write or paint or create out of that their happiness or joy or sorrow. Mm-hmm. And I know as a writer, if if I could convey the sadness or the joy that I'm feeling and it made me happy or sad when I read it, yeah. I knew that it would make my readers kind of empathize with that same feeling. Mm-hmm. And hopefully mm-hmm. whatever they're going through could see the same hope in whatever happened. I think homilies are like that too. For sure, for sure. You know, like if you mm-hmm. write a homily and preach a homily, 
that touches your heart, it's going mm-hmm. to touch the hearts of those people that are listening. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, Totally. And, and at the end of the day, that doesn't just come from the person. Right. But it comes from God through the person. So mm-hmm. it's really, it is that person kind of speaking from their own heart. But it's actually God's heart speaking through their heart to other people's hearts. Yeah, I heard a you know, talk in a, in on a ministry. Real, in a real sense, yeah. And that said that when you pre, when you proclaim the gospel, you proclaim a reading, that it's inspired. That as the writer was listening to God and was writing right. the scripture, as we proclaim it, we're like re-energizing um, or that inspiration comes back out. Mm-hmm. Um, that God's Spirit works through us as we are preaching it or reading and proclaiming it. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Yeah, so we have, this, we have this ability to not just physically sense things around us, but to spiritually sense things around us. And even if uh, people aren't religious, they have this sense in them because you know, they enjoy music or movies or you know, art at some point in time in their life. So um, whether they're uh, applying it to God or not, we have a spiritual sense. And so, in, in a real way, God, how do we hear God? How do we perceive God speaking to us? It's largely in the realm of our thoughts, our feelings, our desires. And um, sometimes we're really in tune with those things, and sometimes we're, we're not. We can be so distracted uh, with our lives and our schedules and our world that a lot of times we're not really necessarily um, attuned to what is really kind of really going on inside of us. But that's where that's where God exists, and we can uh, use those things um, in prayer to to hear God. So maybe just a couple examples um, from from my own life. I uh, was able to go on a retreat uh, a number of years ago, an eight day uh, Ignatian retreat. So um, Ignatian, in the sense of Saint Ignatius, and this is kind of his realm of things: um, thoughts, feelings, and desires, you mm-hmm. know, perceiving uh, perceiving God, and. Towards the end of the retreat, it was a good time. Uh, you know, I it was I, I had some good prayer. You know, there was a, some times of, of struggle, but at the end of the retreat, the retreat director gave me uh, a passage of David uh, to pray with David and Goliath. Uh, you know, in the story of David and Goliath, you know, there's this huge giant. You know, he's a small, a uh, small kid, uh, but he has uh, the scripture has he has five stones that he takes with him into battle, and. I realized kind of in that moment that the Lord was speaking to me that, you know, this, this week has been kind of a roller coaster for you in different ways, you know, just kind of internally with the things I was praying with. But I'm, I'm gifting you five things to take, you know, with you from here that's going to allow you to, con- you know, to do battle and continue the journey. That I noticed that throughout the week there was kind of five ma- major truths that, that kind of the Lord spoke to my heart um, just in different ways. Uh, so it was kind of a, a, it was kind of a prayer of confirmation, you know, confirming that like what God had done, uh, so I didn't have to question, you know, like what was what came from this retreat or mm-hmm. you know anything. So it was like so the image was like these five stones in the scripture, but I realized that like there was five things within me that the Lord kind of made happen. Well, that's really good. So, I know for me, uh, we did a Franciscan pilgrimage to Assisi. And um, I didn't know Francis had as much trouble trying to get to see the Pope as he did. Mm-hmm. So Francis wants to start this new order. He goes to the Pope, and the Pope like rejects him and tosses him out. 
and then that night the Pope had this dream that Francis was holding up the church mm -hmm. and um, called Francis back in and listened to him and then granted him the permission to start his order. Yeah. And there's so many times in my life where I've kind of presented an idea to somebody and it got shut down. And I just pray that God would open up their hearts. And if it's a good idea, then it moves on. And if it's a bad idea, well, then it'll be okay if it's the answer is no. Yeah. So that was my takeaway from, from spending time with Francis. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other um, experience I thought of uh, in prayer, where I felt like, okay, how did God speak to me? I was once out at my, my home parish and there's a there's a grotto a little grotto prayer grotto there and it was uh actually on a retreat with the same direct spiritual director a few number for a few years later and you know i was kind of i was kind of struggling uh you know in that in that retreat as well um just kind of like you know why am i here what am i doing you know and sometimes i have a desire to grow more than um i i'm supposed to <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to grow um because you know we can be we can have goals, you know, as human beings, and we want to grow in this way, we want to grow in that way, and sometimes, you know, you you're, you only are where you're at. So, I was praying in this grotto, and uh, I don't remember the scripture passage, but I just kind of, for some reason, my attention was drawn to this little vine that was growing. So there was like, there was a little lattice, and it was May, so it was early in the season, kind of at that point, and I saw this vine growing, but I noticed that there was much more distance that it had yet to grow, that it had grown already. Uh, that at some point it was going to make it all the way up the lattice, mm -hmm. but it hadn't made it there yet. And so this is a very ordinary, common thing. I mean, you know, it's, there's nothing unique uh, about this, about this little vine. But in that moment, I kind of heard the Lord say that, like, it's okay to be where you're at. Absolutely. You know, it's okay. Like, it's not a problem that the vine isn't already to the top. You know, it's May. It's not supposed to be at the top. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not supposed to be fully grown. Like, it is where it's at. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe that speaks something to uh, something in your life. Um, if, you're, if you're thinking about, you know, your, your life with God and where you're at, that, like, it's okay. God loves you where you're at. Um, and you will grow, you know, kind of trusting in Him. And I think praying for patience is a really important prayer. Sure. But praying for patience and wanting patience now is kind of being impatient. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really wise thing is just trust that God loves you where you're at. Um, just like we would love our kids or the people that we love where they're at in our relationship with them, mm -hmm. knowing that we're all going to keep growing in that relationship. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think we want to skip farther down the road and say, I wish my relationship with you was, was farther but whether it's with God or with other people, it is where it is, and there's always room to grow, but it takes patience. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right, so that's a little bit on uh, hearing God in prayer. Certainly there's more we could say, but we, we kind of just want to introduce it. Um, that th These are kind of the ways that we have experienced God in prayer, you know, and God's going to speak to you in your own way. Uh, he's going to have different images, different moments, different times. But have faith that we, we can hear God uh, and, and we will hear him. Now, the other side of this, the other side of, of hearing God in prayer is uh, not hearing God in prayer. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we want to hear God in prayer. So we call this uh, dryness. 
So have you experienced dryness in prayer before? I have. Um, for me, it's like a guy running into the wall until he finally finds the door. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I was in a situation I kept praying, God, answer this prayer, God, answer this prayer, God, answer this prayer. But I needed to stay in that situation until God finally opened the door when it was time for me to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes dryness isn't a bad thing. We're, we're in the middle of a thunderstorm after two weeks of dryness. Right. You know, that prayer is a lot like that. You need that dryness, and then when the rain comes, there's a whole new meaning to what's happening. A whole happening. new rebirth, mm-hmm. in a sense. I think prayer is a lot like that. Yeah. Right. So if you struggle to hear God in prayer... Um, yeah, you're definitely not alone. Nope. <laughs> Everyone who's ever existed has struggled with prayer. Uh, even some of the greatest saints who had uh, very the deepest, most intimate relationships with God here on earth, um, they even struggled in prayer. Mother Teresa, uh, for 30 years, went through uh, what we call the dark night of the soul, where it's like, it's this place where uh, God allows people to be, where um, they, have, they have such a close connection with him uh, that, you know, they actually don't perceive him. So... There's no, you know, kind of experiences in prayer like they really know God is real. Because essentially, God is better um, than the experiences of God that we have. So, so sometimes there's, there's a certain dryness. There's a, a, seemingly absent, a seeming absence of God. But in, the important thing is don't stop praying. So keep, it's like a relationship between people. Sometimes you just don't feel that closeness that you normally do. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean like you move away you still are a relationship with that person and eventually that dryness goes away right so keep praying keep showing up i Mm -hmm. think that's the biggest thing is just keep showing up yeah that god will eventually reveal god's self in some way yeah yeah um going back to saint ignatius kind of real briefly he had he had rules for the spiritual life and rules for prayer and he he said that a very important rule is that uh, if we're at a time of desolation, so desolation is kind of like uh, lack of experiencing God, uh, kind of like a, a darker or heavier place in life, uh, that if we're in desolation, we shouldn't change anything we're doing. Mm-hmm. Versus con- a period of consolation is when we feel God's presence and we're kind of happy and joyful, I suppose, in a sense. So, so we shouldn't change anything because cause desolation can be a way of taking us away from prayer. Mm-hmm. So it can be take us away from the relationship, which is more important than the certain, you know, experiences or gifts we receive in, in prayer. That's really good. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, while prayer is, is for us, in the sense that it, it changes us, it doesn't change God, prayer isn't in our control. So sometimes God allows us to kind of sit in our questions uh, to realize that, um, yeah, it's 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 he that is greater uh, than those questions, and that he will be with us uh, in them, whether they seem to be seem to be answered uh, or not. So, and I think going into prayer like Samuel, who answered the Lord calling to him in the nighttime, or Mary, when the angel came to her, "Here I am, Lord, I've come to do your will." Mm-hmm. So instead of telling God a hundred things what you want God to do, just ask God what you're supposed to do today. For sure. Um, in the situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for God in the big storms and big fireworks or big ways, my hope would be that you listen to God in that tiny whispering wind in your heart. Yeah. 
Any closing thoughts? Exactly. No, I think that's I think that's good. I mean, there's so much more we could say, but I think there's a, I mean, to, for for encouragement, um, there's a, a quote from uh, you know Second Corinthians, and Saint Paul says, "My grace, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect uh, in weakness." Uh, so in the sense that like you know, um, prayer isn't uh, up to only our ability and our power or to to have good reflections and ideas and thoughts like ultimately uh, prayer is a grace uh, it's a gift from God so that God's in control of our prayer all we have to do is be open to it and it's kind of when we realize that we're powerless of our prayer time is when actually God can do more you know and can speak to us more because we're not trying to guide it in any particular direction mm-hmm. um, so can you put the link to your grace is enough by Matt Marr uh, sure. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. So, if you're having a hard time listening um, to God, maybe listening to Matt Marr's version of Second Corinthians mm-hmm. that God's grace is enough yep. to get us through whatever we're going through. Listen to a song, go for a walk, pick up the Bible. Those are the best ways you can pray. Um, and best way you can pray and, and listen to God's voice. So, um, yeah. Shall we end in prayer? Let's do it. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, if we're in a dry time, we ask you to uh, shower your love on us in ways that we can feel and know. And sometimes that's just trusting you in that dryness. And we ask you to help us to listen to that tiny whispering wind of your love and your peace in our hearts. And help us to trust that your grace is enough to get us through what we're going through today. And we ask these things as we ask all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Maybe uh, go grab a, go celebrate by grabbing a piece of pie. Oh, yeah. Or something. Apple pie, peach With pie. Ice cream would be really good unless you're lactose intolerant. That's probably not a good and then, thing. I'm, and then I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, we well, have a great day. Adios. God bless. Adios.